0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Blaze Experience once again. You are joining us for episode number 35 today. And episode 35 is going to be about the patch notes 4.1 in State of Decay 2. They had some new patch notes come out, so we are going to talk about those patch notes just like we always do on the Blaze Experience, and we will go through all the details of those and, you know, say what things might be really beneficial or what things you might not notice as much but you know are still part of the patch and in addition we will actually get into the explosives in daybreak as well i know we've already mentioned what they are in previous podcasts but today we're going to talk about the explosives in detail and we're going to go into more detail about which ones are better which ones aren't as good and we're going to rank all those explosives so there's seven explosives we're going to rank all those explosives and Tell you which ones you should be using more often in Daybreak and which ones you should be using less often. We do have a couple of notes just at the top of the show. I will say that our next scheduled stream is going to be 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. And there will potentially be another unscheduled stream before that. But the next one that is officially scheduled will be 8 to 12 on Tuesday. So... You know, if you're available then, then definitely drop by and check out the stream on Mixer. that will be at Mixer.com slash Blaze Experience. But if you can't make it to that, then there will be other streams um, throughout the week that are unscheduled. Just whenever I have some free time available, I'll get on and stream. But besides that, our next podcast will be on Wednesday. And that will likely be about the Forsaken Shores DLC in Sea of Thieves. So Sea of Thieves recently had a new DLC called forsaken shores come out and we're going to talk about that as well. That will be our first episode in a while that is not state of decay based. So if you want to hear about a different game, then you can check out that episode on Wednesday and hear about that. And then of course, next Saturday we'll have another state of decay episode. I do already have a plan what the episode's going to be. I won't reveal it just yet, but it's going to be another great episode. I have a guest scheduled, so you know, hopefully everything works out with that and we have another great episode with this guest. But that being said, we will just get right into the patch notes and kind of go over those. So patch 4.1 is a bit of a smaller patch. This patch um, was kind of on the heels of patch 4.0 and it's got just a couple of fixes in there, but there's definitely some important ones involved. But some of the key highlights that Undead Labs marked out when they released the patch notes, one of those is they made some changes to address the bug that caused the audio blowout and loss of sound. They said that the problem is stubborn and elusive. So please let us know if you encounter counter it again after installing the update. So that is the audio bug that everyone's been talking about where you lose the sound. It usually happens as you're driving cars. And they made some changes to try and address that bug. I have heard from some people that the bug is still happening. but. It's kind of like part one of the fix, I believe. This is, you know, only the first part of the fix, and I think that bug is hard to pin down for them. So they are trying to work out all the instances that it happens in. So if you do find it happens to you still, please get a hold of Undead Labs on their Discord and let them know. Either talk with Undead Megan or talk with Jawafawa or Lauren. They will be able to help you out with that and. They would really appreciate the feedback that way they can you know pin down this bug more and fix that bug even more so but at least you know the first part of that fix is in place and hopefully more fixes for it to happen soon but another key highlight is there was a minor scripting error that caused our new and improved resource loss events to behave just like the old ones which was not an improvement now they will actually behave as intended with resource losses depending on low morale and negative traits So basically, this is in reference to patch 4.0 In patch 4.0, there's supposed to be a change to the game where if you had high morale, and your people were happy, then you wouldn't lose resources. And you know, like, say somebody kicked over a can of field by accident, you wouldn't lose feel if you actually had high morale and your people were generally happy. But unfortunately, there was a scripting error that caused that not to operate the way it was supposed to be. So Now it will actually operate as advertised and, you know, your people won't actually lose their resources if you have a good community that has good morale, you know, good traits. So basically, if you keep your community happy and you keep them, you know, high morale, then you shouldn't see any more of those resource losses. So that is definitely a great improvement and it really helps the people that are having, you know, communities that are well established and they have great morale involved in them. So those are the key highlights that Undead Labs pointed out, but they did have some fixes to Daybreak itself. So a couple of the day fixes that they have involved. Number one, uh, Red Talon now offers an explanation when they cannot send a contract to a full community rather than leaving you hanging. So I did actually notice this before the fix. You would try to recruit somebody from Red Talon and just nothing would happen. Now I guess they offer an explanation. They'll probably say... Oh, hey, uh, your community's too full or something. I haven't experienced what the actual phrase is, but it's probably something along those lines. Another fix is Red Town facilities now inform you that you're refunded for the rare items needed to build them when they're dismantled. So this is in reference to like the Clio Relay. You need a Clio Core to build it, for example. This is in reference to that. When you dismantle that Clio Relay, you it'll let you know that you get the Clio Core back. So that is very nice, and it's nice that you actually get those items back. They fixed an exploit that allowed Daybreak clients to hang around on the reward screen and get rewards without playing. That is definitely great. I haven't experienced that, but that is a very bad exploit, and I'm glad that's fixed because, you know, no one should be earning influence for free, so I'm glad they fixed that. The select starting gear menu in Daybreak should no longer show inappropriate item descriptions when navigating off the edge of the menu. So... I'm honestly not sure what that is in reference to too much, but it must be an issue that someone was having where they were viewing item descriptions that weren't accurate with the items were. So maybe they were looking at the battle axe and the battle axe didn't have that description. It had the description for something else. So that's what I would guess it means. But um, it's good that they fixed this. Whatever issue somebody was having with this. Feral should no longer be able to vindictively disable walls if killed while climbing. I didn't experience this myself, but I think I heard one of my friends reporting it. So it's great that they fixed this because basically if the Pharaoh's climbing wall and you kill it, then it was still dismantling the wall while it was dead. So that obviously doesn't make sense. So that is definitely good that they fixed this. But personally, I didn't experience it. I think uh, one of my friends did. but I'm glad they fixed it either way because you shouldn't have walls go down by dead zombies, obviously. Crawling zombies will no longer attempt to imitate helicopters by spinning their legs in the air. That sounds crazy, and honestly, although they fixed this already, I kind of want to see what happens when that happens, because I didn't experience this, but it it sounds kind of funny to look at, so I would definitely like to see a crawling zombie, you know, imitate a helicopter, but... I guess I can't do that now because they fixed it but hey (laughs) it's good overall they fixed it but I wish I would have seen it first before they fixed it there's a couple other interesting ones though that I'm sure people have seen that are kind of funny when they happen I mean there's sliding bloaters where a bloater slides in the ground and then stands up the last second and blows up in your face so (laughs) it's kind of like an extra challenge that wasn't meant to be there but it's kind of a funny challenge in a way yeah, you know, we just go, oh, there's a sliding bloater because <laughs> you think the bloater's down, but the bloater's just sliding on the ground and then he stands up next to you. So it's kind of funny in a way. I mean, it can be annoying at the same time, but there's other little things like that that are, you know, funny to, when they happen. But some other notable fixes that they had, the purchase button for the independence pack actually goes away now when you buy the pack instead of waiting to ambush you so this is good this is something that when the independence pack came out i think people were complaining about a little bit and basically it would keep you know ambushing you but now it's not going to do that and similarly the independence pack banner should no longer jump in at inappropriate times after cinematics so that is good as well because basically these couple of fixes they just make it so the independence pack isn't so much in your face you know it it's there if you want it but it's not trying to bombard you, basically. Another fix they had was legacy characters with Red Talon's Compact ordnance hero bonus should no longer crash the game. So I didn't actually have any of these with that hero bonus, but it's good that they're not going to crash the game now. I don't know what that hero bonus is offhand yet, but I'm sure I'll find out about it uh, soon. I don't know if that's one of the new Red Talon hero bonuses because I haven't leveled all my Red Talons up yet. So Maybe one of my brand new Rentalon people has that bonus, but that's because they won't crash the game now, and that's definitely frustrating if it does. The Clio fire support is no longer blocked when you are aiming your gun. So that's a really interesting bug that was happening apparently. I mean, I don't see why when you're aiming your gun it was blocked, but I'm glad it's not blocked now. I haven't tried that out yet either because I just didn't install the um, Clio transmitter yet, but... I'll have to try the cleo transmitter and make sure that is actually working properly but this next one honestly this is one of my favorite ones in this patch because this is something that i did accidentally a lot characters with full stamina will no longer waste snacks so that is really good because especially in the daybreak boat itself you know you accidentally click the button too many times you're like oh shoot i wasted a couple snacks and you definitely don't want to do that especially in daybreak i mean the main game you don't want to do either but it's really good that characters won't waste uh, snacks anymore, which I hope there's a fix in place soon that applies to bandages as well, because in the daybreak mode, which I actually mentioned this to Brant when he was playing with us, in the daybreak mode itself, you can actually waste bandages still. So when I go to use a bandage, it uses two bandages instead of one. So it just kind of somehow wastes one of my bandages. I'm not really sure why, but I haven't encountered it in the base game. I think it's just something to do with Daybreak. So hopefully that um, gets cleared up soon as well. That way we don't waste bandages in the Daybreak as either. But either way, I mean, I'm glad that you can't waste snacks now. So that is very good. And hopefully the wasting of bandages goes away soon as well. Another fix was kicking too many clients in rapid succession should no longer soft lock the game. So I guess when people were kicking a lot of people out of the game at once, then it would lock the game up for them. That is great that that doesn't happen now. Another fix was the survey mode prompt should no longer follow you into a friend's game and awkwardly hang around. So I guess when people were joining a friend's game, they would go to survey something and that prompt would actually stay on their screen. So that could be really frustrating and I can see why that's something they wanted to fix because you don't want that following you around the entire time you're playing with your friend. Hostile humans should no longer wink out of existence when they hit with a car. They were getting off too easy. So I didn't experience this bug, but it sounds like when you hit a hostile with a car, what was happening to some people is the hostile would just disappear. So that is definitely a problem, and I can understand why that's something they wanted to fix. Um, I didn't experience this bug personally, but I mean... I can understand that anyone that was experiencing that bug, that's probably very frustrating when you're trying to go kill a hostile and suddenly they just disappear. spear. So, you know, they throw on like an invisibility cloak and they get get out of there. <laughs> so that's good that they fixed that for sure. And like I said, this patch was um, a bit of a smaller patch. So the last part of this patch was prestige now accurately counts towards the achievement the turn. Which I believe if I remember right, the turn is a new achievement for Daybreak DLC. And that achievement is when you get to 5,000 Prestige. So I believe that's the one that uh, they're referring to there. But now Prestige will count towards that and you can get that achievement properly. So that is great. Um, I already had that one personally, but for anyone that didn't have it, I can see why they'd be frustrated if it wasn't counting properly. And speaking of achievements, I, as of this recording, I only have three left to get for Daybreak and if I had time to play today, I would knock them all out today. Um, I'm three percent away of the 343 ways one. That is the Guilty Spark achievement. And then I still have to do the Shoot a Screamer with a Heavy Sniper, and I have to build all four facilities in my base at the same time. So all three of those, I have all the items needed. I just have to actually do the work to get them. So, I think the next time that I stream, you'll see me get all three of those achievements. It'll probably take me, you know, about an hour or two to get all three of those, I think. So we're very close to having all the achievements. And, you know, hopefully next stream, um, I can show that off. But I will definitely let everyone know if that's going to be on Tuesday's stream or if it's going to be earlier than that. But basically, the next stream I do, we should get the rest of our achievements. So that is definitely fun. But that's basically it for this patch. I mean, this patch was a pretty small patch, you know, it It wasn't that big of one. And that is also why with this episode, I didn't want to just have it be a patch notes episode because this episode would be so short compared to usual if it was just patch notes. So that is why I paired something that was equally about the same size, you know, talking about it. I figured I would pair it with um, talking about the explosives in Daybreak because there's other episodes I have in mind, but those episodes would be, you know, a full hour plus on their own. But talking about the explosives with these patch notes, that's pretty much a decent-sized episode right there. So that's why I paired these together today. But the explosives in the Daybreak DLC, we've talked about them on previous episodes. But now I'm going to go through all of those. I'm going to rank them one through seven and talk about which ones are best, which ones aren't as good, and just which ones you should be using. So, so we'll go ahead and get right into that. So real quick, the seven that we're talking about are. The pyro minefield, the sticky grenade, the deployable minefield, the remote rocket pod, the explosive field trap, the fire bombs, remote grenade. So those are the seven that we're talking about. But number seven on that list, in my opinion, is the explosive field trap. And this is kind of odd for me because when I first heard about the explosive field trap, I thought it'd be the one I liked the most. But the explosive field trap is the one that's basically a canister that you set in the ground. It looks kind of like a fire extinguisher. And you set this canister on the ground and you have to shoot it. And when you shoot it, it blows up. So in concept, that sounds really cool. And it's something that I want to use a lot in the base game, I think. In the base game, I think it'd be a lot of fun to use. But these rankings are based on just Daybreak mode itself. So just based on the Daybreak mode itself, this explosive field trap is not very useful in that mode because it takes you a lot of time to blow it up the way you want to. And what I mean by this is say a deployable minefield, say a remote grenade or something else that you can detonate. All you have to do is hit a couple buttons at the same time and you can detonate that whenever you want. The explosive field trap, while it doesn't seem like a lot of time, you have to go back in within shooting distance of wherever that is and actually point your gun at it and shoot it. So say you're in trouble, you know, say there's a couple of juggernauts around you you know, there's a bunch of zombies, you have to go to wherever that spot is, you place the fuel trap, you have to point your gun at it, and you have to shoot it. So while it doesn't seem like it's very hard to do in theory, in actual practice of it, it can be very hard, because if you're already in a bad spot, then you want to blow something up now, you want to have an explosion happen now, and you want to get rid of those zombies now. You don't want to have to go, okay, I put a fuel trap over here, um, Let me go, you know, walk over the other side of the map. Let me uh, point my gun at it. Let me shoot it. You're probably not going to be in a good situation to do that because if you're already in a bad spot as it is, there's going to be zombies around you. They're going to, you know, hit you as you try to point your gun at whatever the fuel trap is. So it can be useful still. I'm not saying it's not useful. Just in practice, it's very hard to make that work compared to some of the other things because you have to actually have a good situation. Maybe if you're on the catwalks, so you can you know get up on the catwalk and shoot it. But if you're on the ground with a bunch of zombies around you, it's probably not going to happen where you're going to shoot that because it's not something that you can detonate with a button. And that's the problem with the explosive fuel trap is it's not button detonate. You have to actually shoot it. And that can be a bit more of a hard process to do than just using a button to detonate it. So, the other issue I have with it is it's an explosive field trap and it has a lot of fire. And something that's going to be kind of a common theme with my rankings here is in this mode, fire is not good for the players because you can catch on fire and hurt yourself. You can also catch the technician on fire and hurt the technician. So, in my opinion, in this mode, fire equals bad because while it does, you know, hurt the zombies, while it will hit the zombies and kill some of them, all around, it's going to be bad for you. Because say that fire gets on an armored zombie, that armored zombie only becomes more deadly. There's, you know, an armored zombie running at you with fire on them. That's even worse. If that fire hits the technician, your technician will start to catch on fire and will start dying. If that fire hits you, it's going to damage you. And I've lost games just because of explosives that catch me on fire. So I don't recommend anything that gives fire in this mode. So anything that, you know, sets anything on flames, I would stay away from in this mode because it just does not help you at all. I mean, in the moment, it might seem like it helps you, but like, say you use an explosive, you know, and it sets a juggernaut on fire. He's down on the ground. You might want to go take him out and you start riding him to take him out. But then you catch on fire and then you're dying. So what good did that really do you? I mean, you basically killed yourself to kill one Juggernaut. It's not really, it's not a good one-for-one situation. So while I like the explosive field trap in concept, in practice, it's just not useful in the Daybreak mode. In the base game, I think it's a really cool item to have in the base game, and I can't wait to have some fun with it in the base game, but in the Daybreak mode is where these rankings are centered around. I would not use the explosive fuel trap at all in the, in the daybreak mode. So number six, we have the remote grenade. And the remote grenade isn't that bad. Um, basically it's a grenade that you just throw somewhere, you know, you throw it in the ground, you throw it on a platform, wherever you're going to throw it, you just throw it somewhere. And then it comes up with the detonation button and basically you can detonate it whenever you want. So this isn't too bad of an explosive, but the problem with the remote grenade is or something that you can detonate yourself, it doesn't pack enough punch. I would rather have a regular frag grenade than this in the daybreak mode, because in the daybreak mode, if you're throwing something that's explosive, you want that to detonate immediately sometimes. So it's just a timing thing. I mean, if you have a horde of zombies around you and you have a remote grenade, you wanna be able to throw that grenade and instantly have it kill that horde of zombies. But if you're having to remote detonate it, then you have to throw that grenade, you have to get to a point where you're a little bit safer, and then detonate it. It's not that bad timing wise, but it's just one of those things that in comparison to the other things, it's not really worth it for you to use as much because the other things have a lot, they pack a lot bigger punch for their timing, or they operate on their own. So in this case, the remote grenade, it doesn't pack enough of a punch to be viable for you because the remote grenade doesn't do as much damage as some of the other things we're going to talk about, and then on top of that, there's still that timing aspect where you can't just throw it and run, like say the f- fire bombs, which we'll get to. The fire bombs you can just throw it and run; it'll blow up on its own. The remote grenade you can't do that, and the little amount of punch that the remote grenade packs, it's not worth it to be a detonate yourself weapon. Say like if the explosive field trap was a remote detonator. Then that would be more worth it. But the remote grenade doesn't do enough damage for you to be worth it to use because it's going to take you a little bit of time to actually detonate that. And in that time, you know, say you throw it somewhere, you know, there's a big horde around you, you throw it, and by the time you want to detonate it, zombies could be hitting you. So if zombies are hitting you, you can't really detonate it. So that's kind of the problem with it, where in most situations, you will be able to detonate no problem. It will work, you know, as advertised. It'll be exactly how you want it to work. But there's going to be those situations where you want to use a remote grenade, you want to toss it, you want to blow it up instantly. And you won't be able to do that because a zombie hits you or something gets in your way. Maybe you catch on fire from something else. Maybe some bloater gas blows up. So there's all these scenarios that come into play that will prevent you from detonating this remote grenade. And then when you finally detonate it, it's not going to pack the punch you need to get rid of a horde. And for these explosives in the daybreak mode, you really want things that are going to pack a punch. You want things that are going to operate on their own without much you know, human intervention. And you want things that will explode fast, basically. So, you know, the remote grenade doesn't really stack up when you look at those uh, scenarios, basically. It's not a bad item at all. I mean, again, basically all these explosives we're talking about right now, every one of these explosives will be viable in the base game. All seven of these will be, you know, very useful in different situations in the base game. I could come up with situations where you're going to use any of these in the base game. But this isn't about the base game. This is about the Daybreak mode itself. And in the Daybreak mode itself, the remote grenade is not very useful in my opinion. So number five is the Pyro Minefield. Now the Pyro Minefield, the thing it has going for it is you can just set it and forget it, basically. So You place the minefield down you hit the detonate button it puts all the mines out and there you go you have minefield that's the easy part of it bad thing about it is when a zombie hits it when a zombie hits one of those mines it obviously explodes with you know explosive fire because it's a pyro minefield but the problem with that is it catches things on fire and then it can in turn catch you on fire it can catch the technician on fire and it's basically the same scenario we talked about with the explosive fuel trap if a zombie hits that pyro minefield and They catch you on fire it's actually doing more harm than good because if you're using a pyro minefield it kills one zombie but also kills you that's more harmful than it is good so the same applies to the technician if it hurts your technician that's also very bad so honestly i wouldn't use the pyro minefield just because there's other choices that are going to be better for you anything that catches anything on fire in this mode is not that great there's only one item that uses fire that I would potentially use in this mode, but the pyro minefield is not that one item. Because if you have a minefield in place, and you know, you're know you walking around the map, you know, you're, you're killing things, and all of a sudden, you explode, and you go down because of a pyro minefield, it's not a good feeling to die because of your own minefield. Like, that is not a good feeling at all. And that has happened to me before, you know? So, <laughs> I would definitely heed my warning, you know, please don't use the pyro minefield, please use the other minefield we're going to talk about later because the other minefield, the mine is going to go off, you won't actually take damage. Your technician won't take damage. The only thing that's going to take damage is the zombies. So that is what you want. So yeah, pyro minefield, no good. Other minefield we'll talk about in a second, that one is good. Again, it's just simply that fire aspect. You don't want to catch your technician on fire, you don't want to catch your teammates on fire, and you don't want to catch yourself on fire. Plus, if the armored zombies catch on fire, that makes them even stronger as well. So all around fire in the daybreak mode is not a good thing. Fire is a very bad thing in the daybreak mode. The only case that fire is positive thing for you in daybreak is to get rid of bloater gas, which that brings us to our next one. Number four is the fire bombs. And the fire bombs, the only reason they are useful a little bit in my eyes is to get rid of loader gas. So I would, you know, keep a stack of fire bombs on you if you have the space. Just throw those to get rid of the loader gas. That's the only thing I would ever use these for. I wouldn't use them to clear out zombies because if you use them to clear out zombies, you might accidentally hit a teammate. If you hit that teammate, it might cause that teammate to die and then you're in a bad situation. If there's a bunch of zombies around the technician, I wouldn't throw a fire bomb at the technician because it's going to cause damage to the technician. So you know all around the fire bombs are mostly bad. The one situation they're good in is they're good to get rid of bloater gas. So if there's a lot of bloater gas around you, throw a fire bomb at the bloater gas and it'll dissipate some of that gas. So that is the one reason the fire is made it up to number four for me because they are very useful in getting rid of bloater gas, but besides that, I would never use them. So I keep a stack on me usually just in case there's a lot of bloater gas. You can toss one out, get rid of the bloater gas, and you can help your team that way. Otherwise, the fire bombs are going to be hurting your team more so than they are doing good. So, you know, it's again going back to the same exact thing we talked about at the start of these rankings fire is bad in daybreak. It, it just simply is bad in daybreak. And I, I'd love to hear some counter arguments to it, but honestly, I don't think there's really a counter argument to it because fire just does not help you in daybreak. It, all it does is hurt your team. So, and you don't want to hurt your team. You want to actually work as a team and get daybreak. You want to get to daybreak and win. So fire does not help you do that. Explosives in general help you do that, but not ones that cause fire. But think of the fire bomb. It's basically a Molotov cocktail. that's us that's cover kind of what it is. It's just some, you know, a bomb that you throw, it detonates, you know, on impact and it causes fire on impact. That's basically what the fire bomb is. So if you know what a Molotov Cocktail is, it's basically the same thing. Number three, though, is the Sticky Grenade. So basically, the Sticky Grenade, in my eyes, is the better version of the Remote Grenade. Because the Sticky Grenade, kind of like what I was talking about, the Remote Grenade, the Remote Grenade, you want to be able to throw it and have it explode immediately. That's basically what the Sticky Grenade is. So if you have a horde of zombies around you, you can toss it out real quick. You know, it'll give you a couple seconds to run away, and then it'll explode. And that is what you want and the cool thing about the sticky grenade as well is you can if there's a juggernaut at your wall you can throw that sticky grenade in the juggernaut stick it on him and when it explodes it's not only going to damage that juggernaut but it's going to damage the zombies around him too so you can take out a horde very good with a sticky grenade so the sticky grenade is very useful and it's one of the items that i would definitely recommend using more it's basically that really good throwable item that you want to explode things The two items above it are ones that you have to detonate yourself. The Sticky Grenade is the best item in Daybreak to use if you don't want to detonate yourself and you basically just want to toss it and have it explode on its own. And the other two, you kind of have to be a little bit more proactive about where you detonate them. But the Sticky Grenade is very useful for unexpected hordes. It's useful for, oh, we have, you know, two juggernauts that are slamming on this wall together. Let me toss a sticky grenade that way and, you know, walk out of the way. It'll at least blow up and stop them for a second. So that is where the sticky grenade comes in handy. And it probably would be good if somebody on your team, you know, brought those into the game. That way they have those as backup. Would I have ranked number one? A lot of my teammates usually bring number one ranked thing into the game, but... Thinking about it, I mean, it wouldn't hurt for us to have sticky grenades on us just in case because that's something you can just toss in a really bad situation and have it blow up. The other two items that are above this, you have to place them in a certain area and, you know, hope that the situation occurs where it's going to be advantageous in the area. The sticky grenade, you don't have to place it anywhere. You know, if a situation gets bad in the left corner, you can throw it out in the left corner situation gets bad in the right corner, you can throw it out in the right corner, you can toss it wherever you need. And that is where it's good. The two items above this, you have to place them ahead of time. Well, more or less, we'll get to that in a second. But you basically have to place them ahead of time. And if you place those items on the left side, and you need help on the right side, it does nothing for you. So that is where the sticky grenade excels is that it's able to be used wherever you need it on a moment's notice. But number two is the remote rocket pod. Now the remote rocket pod is basically a deployable that you can deploy in an area that you want to, and then you can detonate it. But the key here is the remote rocket pod explodes a lot and it does a ton of damage. And this thing is capable of stopping a juggernaut right in its tracks. So this thing is capable of stopping anything that's in its way. And it gives a huge firework show pretty much. So you, if a juggernaut's, you know, slamming onto your wall, you can put a remote rocket pod there, blow it up. That juggernaut will no longer be slamming your wall. And <laughs> that's basically how well it works. I mean, it doesn't always instantly kill the juggernaut, but it'll at least get it on its knees. Now, the thing with a remote rocket pod is you can place them ahead of time. So like you say, you could place the remote rocket pod in front of the center wall and you can place it there ahead of time. The problem with placing it ahead of time is if you need help on the right hand side and the remote rocket pods in the center, it really does nothing for you. So that's why with remote rocket pods, you kind of have to place it in the moment, which can be tricky sometimes because if you place it in the moment, it's kind of like with a remote grenade where you have to place it in the moment, you have to get into a spot where you can actually detonate it without getting hit. And that can be tricky sometimes if you're in a really bad spot. Also on top of this, if you detonate this and a teammate there, it's really going to mess up that teammate as well because because it'll at least knock your teammate down and if anything doesn't die from that, your teammate could get hit by whatever is still alive. So it, it could hurt your teammates a little bit, but it's not going to hurt your teammates anywhere near what the fire things are going to do because it's not going to catch your teammates on fire, which is a good thing. And another thing to note too is if you set these remote rocket pods up in advance you know say you set like one on the left hand side of the map one on the right hand side of the map well if you go to detonate it it detonates whatever one you set first so if you set the left one down first and you have trouble on the right hand side of the map if you hit the detonate button it's going to detonate that left one first so that is not what you want and it's for that reason that you don't want to set things up in advance because if you set things up in advance and say you put one on the left you put one in the center one on the right and You need help in the center, if you go to detonate it, it's going to detonate the left one first because you place the left one down first. And then it's going to detonate the one in the center second. So if you need help on the right-hand side and you place the other two first, you have to detonate both of those before you can actually detonate the one on the right-hand side. And by that time, you're probably already having that wall down. Your technician's probably already under attack. So what I would not recommend is to set them all up in advance. It might not be a horrible idea to set up one in advance if you want to have one in a strategic area. So if there's one area that, you know, maybe you're playing solo and you find a, you know, rocket pod and you want to have one area protected a little bit more while you deal with the other area, it might be okay to, you know, strategically place one of them, but I would never place more than one at a time. And even that one, in most cases, I wouldn't place down one unless I needed it, so... It's more, you know, if it's a bad situation, place it down when that bad situation happens, detonate it at the same time. That's basically where it's better used. But like I said, it's a little bit tricky to do that sometimes just because if there's a lot of zombies around. You have to place it and then get out of the way and then detonate it all in like the same move. So it, it can be tricky to have all that happen fast enough before the zombies take out whatever wall you're trying to protect. Overall, though, the remote rocket pod is very useful and it's something that is going to do a lot of damage to whatever's in front of it. So that is a great part of it is unlike say the remote grenade for example, this thing packs a huge punch. So if you are able to detonate it and you know there's a lot of zombies around, there will not be a lot of zombies around when it's done. It will blow up everything in its sight and it will take that out. But we do have one left and I'm sure you probably know what it is. The number one explosive in Daybreak DLC is the deployable minefield. And the deployable minefield is so good and it's so useful. I mean, the team that I usually run with, I usually run with a lot of people that were in decay fest and we always use them. They're so powerful and it's just perfect. Basically the deployable minefields, it's a thing where you can set it up ahead of time and then you're covered. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to detonate at a certain point. You don't have to wait for a huge horde. All you have to do is pick a spot that you want it to go set it up, deploy it, and then you're good. And that's how easy it is. And it's so useful too, because we usually set one down behind the walls that protects the technician. So if ferals get over the wall, then you have a deployable minefield back there. Usually the feral will will step on a mine. And when the feral steps in the mine, it's gone. So it protects you from ferals that way. And then if we have extras, we usually set up extras in later ways outside the walls. So you can set up like, you know, one on the left hand side, one in the center, one on the right hand side if you have enough of them and it will just cover the map mines and then the maps covered in mines so basically anything that gets close to you is just going to explode and the key here is unlike the pyro minefield when things explode they will not set you on fire they will not set your technician on fire and you'll be good the absolute worst thing that will happen to you is if something explodes on a mine while you're right next to it you might fall down and that's the worst thing that'll happen, which that's not really that bad compared to setting yourself on fire. Because if you get on fire, you're going to take damage. If you fall down, it, it's whatever. You just get back up. So, the deployable minefield is just perfect because it's exactly what you want in this mode. So, once you unlock those, if you haven't unlocked them yet, I would always use the deployable minefield. Like, I never take anything else at this point because the deployable minefield is so powerful and it's just something that you can have more peace of mind when you play. The of minefield will cover an area for you if you want to cover behind the walls set of a minefield there you're covered you want to cover the left hand side set of a minefield there you're covered and obviously if a lot of those explode you have to replace it at some point but it's just so good overall and it's the perfect thing for this mode and honestly i can't wait to try it in the base game too because i technically have it unlocked in the base game i just haven't tried it out yet but imagine you know setting up your base with of minefield all around it and a zombie horde comes at your base and there's no more horde. Like, you probably won't even have to do anything. You just sit there, and, you know, sit up on a tower somewhere and be like, oh, there's a zombie horde coming. Oh, one blew up. Oh, another blew up. Oh, another blew up. So it'd be kind of fun to watch that happen. Just set up mines all around your base and just watch everything explode. Yeah, that sounds like a fun time to me. So I'm going to try that at some point. I'll, I'll let you guys know how it is, but <laughs> I, I'm sure it's going to be fun, honestly. But yeah, I mean... I can't see any bad side of the deployable minefield in the daybreak mode. It's just perfect. The only thing that maybe, you know, if there's a big horde in a certain area and there's no more mines left there, then obviously it's not going to be helpful in that situation. That's the type of situation where you want like a sticky grenade or a remote rocket pod. You just drop it down or you throw the sticky grenade there. It'll clear out that horde. But basically the point of the deployable minefield is usually if you use a deployable minefield in a certain area, you're not going to get a horde in the area because the deployable minefield will stop enough zombies, that way a horde doesn't form. So kind of the deployable minefield is more a preventative measure. The remote rocket pod and sticky grenade, those are more defensive measures when things already went to shit. So if things already went bad, the sticky grenade and the remote rocket pod will get you out of those situations. But the deployable minefield is even better because the deployable minefield prevents things from getting bad. So the deployable minefield will prevent situations from getting that bad. And that is why I always recommend using that. So, you know, there you have it. Um, That's our list. Number one is the deployable minefield. Number two is the remote rocket pod. Number three is the sticky grenade. Number four is the firebombs. Number five is the pyro minefield. Number six is the remote grenade. And number seven is the explosive fuel trap. And basically, overall, you know, try not to use anything with fire if you can help it. I mean, it's just so bad to see, you know, your teammate get hurt or your technician or to see someone on your team get hurt because of an explosive that you use yourself. That is not a good feeling to go, oh, yeah, the technician died because I blew up a pyro minefield next to him. That is not a good situation. You don't want to have your team lose because of a pyro object that you use when you're using it yourself you want to lose because your team, you know, didn't get enough zombies killed or maybe a juggernaut, you know, attacked your technician or you want to lose because of things that are outside your control a little bit more. You don't want to lose because, oh, I set off an explosive and that killed us all. That is not a good feeling to lose that way. So please don't use the fire things in the daybreak mode. You know, if you want to try out some pyro minefields or explosive fuel traps in the base game, go all for it. You know, it. It'd be a lot of fun to try this out and set a bunch of things on fire, but in the daybreak mode, it's not going to help you to use fire. Trust me. I, I've been there, and it does not work out in your favor. Trust me. But I know this is sort of a little bit of a shorter episode today, but like I said, um, talking about that patch, that patch was kind of a shorter patch, so I had to try and juggle things and find something that fit along with that patch that will be short enough to talk about, but also make a full-length episode. So it was kind of tricky for me because I had other ideas in mind, but if I talked about one of those other ideas, then instead of having a shorter episode like we have here, we would have like a two-hour episode. And I try not to have too many episodes that are long. I mean, I try to make the episodes between around an hour, an hour and a half, And if I talked about one of the other topics that are bigger, then we'd have a very long episode today. So I tried to make one that was a little bit shorter and still roughly full length. So this episode will be about, you know, 45 minutes total, and that's still pretty good for an episode. So hopefully everyone enjoyed this, though. I really appreciate everyone listening. And just to go over a couple of the notes one more time, our next scheduled stream will be 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern on Tuesday. I will potentially do an unscheduled stream before that, but the next stream I do should be the stream where uh, we do all the rest of the achievements. So, any achievements I have left, we should do those achievements in that last stream. You know, we'll knock everything out and you can see the final achievements, and I will get to 100% in that next stream. So, that'll be fun. But also, the next podcast will be on Wednesday. That one is likely going to be about the DLC in Sea of Thieves. There was a new DLC release called Forsaken Shores. So we're going to talk about that new DLC. I actually haven't had a chance to play it yet myself, so I'm going to try and play that tomorrow and check out that DLC. I've been way too busy playing State of Decay, so I'm sure anyone listening can't blame me there. But I'll uh, spend some time tomorrow checking out the Sea of Thieves DLC and see how that is. You know, hopefully it's a fun DLC. I think it will be. And we'll talk about that on Wednesday. So tune into that episode. But if you want to leave feedback, please feel free to do so iTunes reviews especially really help us, so please leave an iTunes review, and that will help the podcast grow. It'll help more people find the podcast. And if you want to contact us, you can contact me on email with TheBlazeExperience at gmail.com. That is our email. You can contact me on Twitter or Xbox if you want to add me as a friend. That's fine, too. That one will be Blaze Experience, so capital B-L-A-I-S-E, capital X-P-E-R-I-E-N-C-E. So, that is our Twitter and my gamer tag. So, feel free to add me or tweet me or follow me, you know, whatever you want to do to get in contact with me that way. In addition, I also have a Discord. The Discord link will be in the show notes. So, check in the show notes for this episode and you will see the Discord link there. And if you want to find us a different way, you know, maybe you found us through a direct download link and you want to find us on an app, we are on Podbean, we're on Blueberry. We're on Acast, Radio Public, iTunes, of course, which is now called Apple Podcast. We're on Google Play, also Google Podcast, which is another app. And if you are an Android user, the app that I always recommend is called Podcast Addict. This is a free app on Android, and it's the app that I have an Android phone, and it's the app I always use because it's a very good app to use. And... It's free. You can find any podcast on there, and you can find this podcast on there. So, that's the rep- app I would recommend on Android. But use any of those ways to find us, and we'll be there. But I really appreciate everyone listening. So, thank you very much. And I can't wait to come back next week and talk some more State of Decay. So, tune in next week on Saturday, and I will have an all new episode. I do have a guest plan for the episode. So, hopefully, everything works out with that, and it should be another great episode. But thank you everyone for listening to the Blaze Experience.